Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Red Sox-Yankees tonight, a rivalry renewed. Our coverage begins at 6.15. Aaron Judge looking for home run number 61 in this one. My guess is as he breaks the AL record over the course of this series against the Red Sox. Joining us now is our ESPN MLB insider Buster Olney. Buster, how are you? I'm doing okay, getting fired up for this week. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think everyone wants to know when it's going to happen. You know, let me let me make my position clear, because I don't want to come off like a sports radio troll here. The home runs for Aaron Judge don't impress me as much as everyone else. Um, I've seen 73, I've seen 70, I've seen guys over 60 before. The home runs do not impress me as much. What impresses me is that he might win the Triple Crown, that he stayed healthy, and he's doing this all after turning down $240 million. I'm very impressed by Aaron Judge's season. I'm less impressed by the home run pursuit. How do you respond to that? Uh, I think he should be impressed by the home run pursuit. I think he should be impressed by everything that he's doing, um, in large part because of the context. I think context is just so important. Uh, you know, he has, as you and I speak, he's got, what, 20 more home runs than any other player in the sport. Uh, we've seen in recent years how hitting has become more difficult, how the sport has become just dominated by pitching. Averages are down. You know, strikeouts are way up. Uh, and here comes Aaron Judge. In the, and, and by the way, the other day I had a conversation with Mike Trout on the podcast that I do, and I asked him, you know, how much more difficult is hitting in 2022 than in 2011 when he broke into the big leagues and you know he ran through some of the factors that hitters have to deal with including you know everyone throws harder than ever more relievers used analytics in the way that teams are used uh and so within that context we have a guy who's hit 20 more home runs than anybody else in the sport which is the greatest uh stands to be the greatest difference between one and two since babe ruth played uh and you also have someone who you mentioned uh, is in a position to win a triple crown. He's hitting over 370 in the second half. He's got an on-base percentage over 500. He's got a slugging percentage over 800. I, I think the you know the home runs are a manifestation of of how much better he's been than anybody in the sport this year. What's more impressive, Judge breaking the AL record or Pujols getting to 700? Ah, uh, boy, uh, I, you know I. I it, I, personally, at the moment, I think the way I'm thinking about it is, you know, what uh, catches my attention the most, and it's what Judge is doing. Because Pujols' greatness was, you know, in getting to 700 was based on what he was doing from 2001 to 2011. Uh, and, and it's pretty cool, you know, to see that he's had the second-half surge. But I, I personally, at the moment, ha- have been impressed by Judge because I just think he's doing this uh, at a time when uh, you know hitting is so difficult. If you're a Red Sox fan, how should you feel about a potentially being a part of Aaron Judge's history? Should you should you be uh, should it scorn you that you might be a part of this, or should you not care? I, I think that you know. Let's face it. Uh, yeah, you're, if you're a Red Sox fan, you, you care about the laundry that you root for, but you're also a baseball fan, and you know to to see him do what he's doing. Uh, regardless of whether it's against the Red Sox or the Blue Jays or the Rays or you know the Mariners, uh, the Astros, I think it's pretty cool. So you go into the games and you're hoping that your pitchers uh, shuts them out because you don't want them to have the success against your team. But if he does, then you enjoy it. 
I think I saw that the judge number 62 ball could be worth like $250,000. If you catch yep. that ball as a fan, are you keeping it and trying to sell it? Are you giving it back and asking for a, a king's ransom from the Yankees? What do you want if you're the fan? Yeah, so my answer is going to be a little bit more complicated based on experience. I'll never forget when I think it was Derek Jeter when he got his 3,000th hit. It was, it was caught by a college kid. And the kid didn't really ask for anything. He just wanted to shake Derek's hand, and he wanted to give him the ball. And if I remember correctly, the Internal Revenue Service came after him the next day. Hmm. Uh, at least there was a conversation about it. I never called the IRS to confirm that. But I remember these recurring stories in the New York Post day after day after day because the IRS's perspective was, wait, you, you owned an asset. You controlled an asset that was worth a lot of money. You owe us money based on the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and so if, in fact, that's the case, uh, if I caught the baseball, I'd be asking that question. Like, if I give Aaron Judge this home run ball, does that mean I'm going to have to pony up $60,000 to the IRS? Because hmm. that's what happened with the kid back in uh, who caught the Jeter 3000 ball. Wow. I hope somebody, I hope the IRS was forgiving or somebody ponied up the money for him because I felt terrible <laughs> for this kid. That he was being generous, and, and uh, he had a tax bill because of it. Buster only ESPN MLB insider here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. You know, Buster, take me inside the pressure of a playoff race and the pressure of trying to close out a playoff spot. Because I look around baseball right now, and yes, my Mariners have inexplicably lost five of six to the woeful Angels and A's, but the Rays just got swept by Houston. The Cardinals have one run in their last 43 innings. So all around baseball, good teams are struggling to close. Take me inside the mindset here at the end of the season of teams trying to finish the job. Yeah, and I think it depends you know, from team to team. I think one thing to keep in mind is that this year we don't have a lot of close races, right? we got the National League East, we got the Mets and the Braves going for that spot. But generally speaking, there's been a, se- a separation. Um, you know, the, the even with two weeks to go, I think the, the playoff chances among the 16 teams that theoretically have a chance, uh, you've got the, the Orioles are at like 0.1% and the Twins are at like 0.2%. We pretty much know the fields of the playoff teams. And so I wonder, in the case of some of these clubs, like the Yankees, I kind of wonder if they're you know, holding guys back and saying, hey, our, our focus is to get you ready for October rather than worrying about games in mid-September and, and if that's contributing to some of what's going on. But, I mean, you know, it's, I think it's, uh, it's a lot on a case-by-case basis, on a team-by-team basis. You know, the Mets. I mentioned they're in this dogfight with the Atlanta Braves for uh, the National Yeast, and yesterday Brandon Nimmo came out of a game, and and he was telling reporters, I'll be okay, essentially rub some dirt on it, and you'll go back out there. Uh, Jeff McNeil, you know, seemed to have an issue with his leg. He didn't even come out of the game, and I think that probably that perspective, that approach, that intensity level in the game is probably directly related to the fact that they have something that they're fighting for whereas a lot of the other teams don't really, other than uh, playoff seeding. You know, this is this is a Mariners-centered question, but it can apply to any team that's in the race yeah. right now in baseball. How hard is it to play teams 
that have absolutely nothing to play for. And and what I mean is, like, the Mariners lost their last two games to the A's. They got one hit and four hit. The A's are awful. Nobody's at the games. There's no energy in the stadium. Like, I'm saying, oh, the Mariners have everything to play for. Why are they not getting up for these games, apparently? But is it hard to get up for games, even if they mean something to you, in situations like that? Well, I think there's a special kind of pressure when you play really bad teams to get those games essentially over with in the early innings. <laughs> yeah. Like, you need to put those teams to bed because, you know, a lot of them, uh, let's face it, and I think they would acknowledge this in a, in a private moment. A lot of players would acknowledge it. Uh, it. You know, they go into these games, they're kind of sleepy, but if you get to the fourth or fifth inning and they're playing a contending team and they have a chance to win, then you kind of awaken the sleeping giant. Uh, in a sense, when you face these teams. So I think that, you know, if you are the Mariners and you're playing a bad team, you want to get them wiped out early. Uh, you don't want to have a situation like we saw recently, Nationals playing the, the Mets, yeah. the, the Pirates playing the Mets, where, you know, if those teams are in the game in the fourth or fifth inning, all of a sudden it's a completely different challenge. On a Red Sox-related note, you know, I, the conversation is, look, everybody loves Kike Hernandez. Everybody loves Christian Arroyo. Everybody loves Rob Snyder, And all these guys are good players. However, for the Red Sox to be in playoff position next year, they can't have 17 Arroyos, Snyders, and Kike Hernandez's. How do you yeah. balance liking good players like that, but also knowing you need to upgrade in several spots? Well, it's very interesting to me that they're two of the superpower financial teams in baseball uh, look very similar. Uh, the Red Sox and the Giants. Yes. You know, the Giants, uh, you know, had this amazing season last year where they won 107 games, and all of a sudden you take away a Buster Posey who retired. You take away a Brandon Crawford who had a career year offensively in his mid 30s. You take away a productive Brandon Belt, and all you know now that you look at the Giants and they have all these uh, platoons and part-time players, and they don't really have foundational pieces. I think that's the challenge for the Red Sox and the Giants moving forward is, you know, generating uh, or identifying foundational pieces, guys you're going to build around, which is why I think the negotiations with Devers are going to be so critical during the course of this offseason. In recent offseasons, they really haven't stepped up to pay these foundational pieces. You know, I, I understand most people think that Aaron Judge is going back to the Yankees. I'm just curious. You know, you mentioned the Giants, so that triggered me here. Judge went to Fresno State. He's from Northern California. Who are the teams that are in the mix, if not the Yankees? Who are the other teams submitting bids here for Aaron Judge? Is it the Giants? Do the Angels get involved and let Otani walk eventually and not pay him? Like, who? How many teams would actually theoretically be in the mix? Yeah, so having been around the Giants the last two weekends for Sunday Night Baseball, I can tell you they're going to be in the mix for Aaron Judge. They're going to take a run at him. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, the question is to what degree. Uh, here's the thing about someone like Judge having a season like he's having. He's a type of player, you know, because he's the Paul Bunyan of the sport right now, who can inspire an owner. And you know and I know that front offices will have their opinions, but those opinions don't matter if the owner comes in and says, I want that guy. Yeah. And it might be that, uh, you know, Judge inspires the owner of the Cubs or maybe inspires the owner of the Mets. If Max, uh, excuse me, if uh, Jacob DeGrom leaves and the, the Mets have some payroll flexibility. But what a coup for Steve Cohen if, if he becomes the guy taking a run at, uh, at Judge mm. and steals him away from the Yankees. 
Um, I don't know which team it's going to be. I, I think that that opportunity is going to be there because while I think the Yankees will offer Judge, uh, you know, a, an increase over what they offered him in the spring, I don't think they're going to go nutty. Uh, and if some club throws out, you know, $350, 400000000 million for Judge, I don't think the Yankees will chase that. Buster Olney, our ESPN MLB insider, Red Sox-Yankees tonight, 7-15. First pitch, our coverage begins at 6-15. Buster, by the time we talk next week, Aaron Judge likely to have the uh, American League record, and uh, he goes for 61 tonight. So, Buster, we appreciate it, and we'll talk to you in seven days. That sounds great. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's going to happen against the Red Sox.